Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode of my business success and coffee podcast in which today I'm joined by chartered accountant um, Arzum as I'm pronouncing his name from MCubed who's got a great background in the video that I can see listeners behind him. Uh, Great to have you on today's podcast thanks for joining us. Thank you I'm very grateful to be here with you thank you very much for the invitation. Fantastic. Tell tell us the listeners a little bit about you, you know, and t- give us something, uh, perhaps a little bit about you and a little bit about your business. I know we met through an introduction uh, through networking and we had a great conversation, a great one to one, which then had led to this podcast. But just help the listeners understand a little bit more uh, about you, yourself and the business. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And you know, it's, it makes me always a little nervous when somebody asked me that question, because where to start, and where to begin, and where to end. But for me, I guess, from for the listeners, I guess what they need to know is that I, I pinch myself most mornings. And I pinch myself because I don't really, you know, and I'm so grateful by how, where I'm sort of at and what I love doing. And um, I pinch myself because um, I'm one of the partners in, MCube Charter Accounts, a firm. Yep. Um, and I've got, uh, and I pinch myself that how did I pass all these exams to become a chartered accountant? And I pinch myself that I don't know how I got into Cambridge University and studied economics. And I pinch myself in terms of how did I join a firm like Deloitte and become a director there? And I pinch myself that I have the health to walk into a room and a family with two daughters who often tell me off every day. And, um, and for me, I guess what I, what I do love doing, if I was a stick of rock and you cut me in two, mm. and you looked for the words that were inside there, yep. it would be about about being joyous, about giving and helping, and also about celebrating and being an adventurer. Fantastic. Yeah. And that hopefully gives you a little bit about, mm. about me. And, and where are you, where's the business based? Where, where are you located? So we've got offices um, in the center of Leicester um, by the railway station. We have three meeting rooms which haven't really been used for the last nine months. Yeah. So if you tell, you know, we've got two stories of offices above it. And if you ask me, where am I based? I'm pretty much based in a Zoom box. Yep. You and me both. Talking to people. And that is a thing of, that can either be a prison Mm. or it can be a wondrous magic carpet that transports you in. Where? Yeah, 
and I think I think that's a good way of looking at Zoom. And many of us see it as a tool or a necessity, but it is something that can actually free us as well, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what I really love is, especially now, it's a really busy time. And um, and I can have maybe eight to ten meetings per day. Yeah, which I could never really have had either physically having to be somewhere or people coming in, etc. Yeah, I mean we're we're both based in the UK, and for the listeners, uh, where I live and where your office is in the centre of Leicester, geographically isn't that much distance between the two, mm. but it would take me probably an hour, an hour and a quarter to get to you. So even that meeting would be a three hour chunk out of a day at the very best. Mm. Uh, and yet we're talking here for essentially what is a uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes with no traveling time and no interference with the rest of the day. So let's get on to the, uh, the, the topics of what we're drinking. Uh, as I was saying, I've, I've got my flask here for listeners. You, you can't see this, but I've got a, a new KitchenAid uh, flask, which looks identical to the one that I drink my honey and lemon out of. Apart from what I've realized is the one that I drink coffee out of keeps the taste of coffee. So mm. I've actually had to put a big C on the front of my coffee mug just so I can work out which one has the honey and lemon in it and which one has the coffee and which has got a, a usual Starbucks blend in here. Um, but Osman, you've not got a coffee there. Well, you didn't show me a coffee at the beginning. So just tell the listeners, what you're drinking on today's podcast and why why in particular are you drinking what you have well yeah i mean i have um i have to, actually two things in front of me one is a glass of water and it is um um it's got a lovely curvature on this glass and i love the way that it it sits in my hand and water has such a big impact on me mm. not only am i 70.38 percent water not only do I love being in the ocean, but when that water touches my mouth, it it changes. The temperature is typically different to what I am. Yeah. And it just brings me absolutely right now into the present. And that is something of, uh, of beauty to me. And I also I have a cup of tea. Oh, and it's I did see that. I did. I did see that get passed across as we started. Yeah, it to just it. came. Oh, yeah, and, yep. and it's in. It's in. Actually, it's in a colourless glass mug. And what I love seeing is whenever you have the tea there, and then you put milk in it, you see how the milk gently blends and mixes with the tea. And uh, sometimes it's a whirlwind, Simon. Yeah. And sometimes. The magical shapes that are done as you put the milk in, again, just give me, give me real wonder. I'm impressed with the clear mug for for a couple of reasons. The first one, as you say, you can see very clearly the the, the color of the tea. I'm very, I like to take my tea in a certain way and a certain strength. And I've been married now for how many years have I been married? Twenty eight years. Oh. And my wife still doesn't quite get the tea tasting as I like it tasting. Mm. And one of the issues around that is she's always trying to get the colour of the tea rather than the taste of the tea. But I, I started drinking coffee because I was a tea drinker through and through, never drank coffee. 
And I started drinking uh, coffee because I got so frustrated with the different ways that people made tea. And I couldn't see what was in store for me when people did it in a mug, when I used to go into people's homes, when I had the construction company, that I decided to go for black coffee because a spoonful of instant coffee in a mug of water is very hard to get wrong. Tea is so easy to get wrong. Uh, but that mug would have really helped me because I probably wouldn't have turned from coffee if I'd have had a glass mug like that. So I'm quite quite intrigued that you're drinking it in a clear mug. That I've never I've never had a cup of tea in a clear mug. I don't know, listeners, if you have, but I've certainly never never had that. Well, you know, that's what I love doing. Is and I, you know, I love seeing things sometimes with a clarity, and I'm really grateful. Sometimes you can see things with a clarity that others cannot see. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, somebody asked me about, um, you know, now what do you, what do you do? You know, what, you know, what is, what makes the firm and, and we've got maybe 250 plus clients. Um, and over the last nine months, I think we've, we've had 38 new clients coming on board. Yeah. And somebody asked me, I says, you know, how did that, how did that happen? Hmm. And, I don't really know the answer, Simon, between you and me. Okay. Yeah. Um, of course, a few tens of thousands of listeners, fingers crossed, that we've got yeah. listening to this. And, but what, it, what I do know is when you see things with great clarity or greater clarity, mm. and you can make, and you, um, then some, you know, that's, that's a really lovely thing that people do really want. So when you look at a business, and you see, you can see things because, you know, we're numbers people. Yep. Yeah. We look at numbers and the language of numbers. And when you can see things with a clarity that people cannot see, like thin a glass mug, yep. that has, that can actually add huge value and bring some more lovely insights and can, and you can see patterns and connections. Yeah. Which you couldn't see if you didn't have the glass mug. Yeah. And um, that's, uh, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting, you know, that obviously we're going to talk about some some business things in a moment. But for me, you know, if I was going to take, we could finish this podcast right now because that for me, listeners, is being a takeaway. And it's reminded me that that, that clarity and that transparency that uh, we've heard of in the in the glass mug of tea Actually, the thing that inspired me to think about is, you know, that allows me to have things the way that I want them. And like with numbers, and I'm sure you see that, you know, if I think about the accounting numbers, we want that clarity of where we are financially so that we can get things done the way we want to get them done. We can get the, the finance, we can get the cash flow, we can get the performance, we can get whatever we want out of our business by having that, that transparency and that that clarity and I, and I love the way you've explained that there I think that's a great insight for the listeners to take away Be, before we move on to the the sort of the the business side of this you've talked about two drinks that you've got there irrespective of whether it's what you drink in business or what you drink socially what is your favorite drink what's your what's the most favorite thing that you like to to drink oh the that's a difficult one Mm. But something that does a lot for me is fresh coconut water. Okay. 
And the reason why I say that is because it's one of the few things in nature, which is again, very close to me, which you can take a coconut and the water within it is, and it is perfectly pure and clean. Mm. And secondly, it has huge numbers of nutrients and taste. Yeah. And actually you can sustain yourself on a coconut Mm. for many, many weeks, if not months. Yeah. Because of everything that it has within it. And it's, and ultimately it's a seed. Yeah. And that's a great, and I sort of, and I love the concept of seeds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the ta- it's taste of it and the meaning behind it that, that makes it one of your favorite drinks. Then. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, if you are, if it's a hot day and you're in a hot place, yeah. and somebody gives you a coconut, which has been in a, in a fridge and they open it up and you drink out of it. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can remember being in the Dominican Republic quite a few years ago and realizing that I was, it's a bit like uh, snow that hasn't had any footprints in it. When they open that fresh coconut and they break that coconut open and get take the, you know, the, the water, the milk out of it, you're having something that is completely untouched, aren't you? There's no processing. There's, there's nothing other than the way that the tree has grown. Everything inside of that is completely untouched. Everything you have there can make another tree. Mm. And that tree can create coconuts all its life. Yeah. And can replant not just areas around it, but even if the coconut goes into the ocean, it can float. Yeah. A coconut and it can it can be applied a new island. Yeah. So listeners, what you need to do now is we're all going to go out and we're going to research coconuts and Google coconuts and find out what an amazing thing they are. And you're right, they absolutely are, aren't they? Think, thinking about transitioning into the business side of things and mm. using that lovely thought of how the coconuts and seeds can spread and obviously uh, grow and develop. What's been the 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 latest or most significant thing, Arzen, that you have fixed in your business? Well, we've had to move, we moved everything obviously online. Yep. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that we have is, um, uh, is we had to reimagine most processes that we have. Right. To be online. And how do we, and, um, and, one of the processes was about how we go about sitting down with a client mm. and determining how much work we have to do for them or that they want and what's the level of professional fees. Yeah. And this used to be a dark art, Simon. Mm. Yep. A dark art. And what we wanted to do was, and it's, was to bring light and transparency. I talked about transparency yeah. before yeah, yeah. into the process. So one of the things that we do is we sit down with clients and we work things out together on a Zoom call. 
on a on a meet, yeah. Google Meets call, on a Teams call, and we sit down and we work things out, and we allow the clients to choose what they want from us, okay, and what the and what the levels of service are, yeah, and suddenly you can see that they have never had this done before. It is quite unusual, and I'm sure the listeners would agree that's something that they don't normally get from an accountant. Yeah, and, and suddenly you can, you can almost hear and see their eyes opening up and going, wow, I never quite realised this is what happens. Mm. And let me give you one example. It's also about connectedness and the interactions of things. And one of the questions we ask is, you know, how good are your accounting records? Yep. Because that has an impact on how much work we do to say produce a set of statutory accounts. And people didn't quite realize what the relationship was. Okay. And what we've done is build an algorithm that actually connects the two. So yeah. depending on how good your records are, it's less work for us to do, which translates into um, a lower fees, for example, because we have yep. to do less work. Yeah. And so it's what we do is we bring light onto that sort of relationship. Okay. How was it before then? If it was a dark art before, uh, how, how did clients... Uh, deal with this kind of thing and how did you deal with it before what what were the things that got in the way uh you know how was it before before we go on to the what was it like after let's let's you know explore how it was before so the listeners could understand that because that's probably the situation most listeners are in and you know i know this from working with other coaches as well and i've been guilty of it myself we're very good in the service professional business at telling people what suits them and trying to guide them down the product that we try to sell them and want to sell them. So how, mm. how was it before? How was it before is you might have a conversation with a client mm -hmm. and then go back to the, back to the office, put together a letter proposal and send it off. Okay. And they wouldn't quite know how it was all done. Right. And actually also you wouldn't, you wouldn't very, very easily have had any optionality. Right. Yeah. So there's different options in terms of how things are done. Yeah. But when you do things interactively and dynamically, yeah, that can then all be done together. Yeah. So and what 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 was a follow up like? Because you know uh, that that process, um, I'm sure the listeners will be very aware of and used to, even themselves in their business where. You meet a client, you talk through their needs, you try and come up with a solution, and then you go away and you send them a proposal. Um, what was the follow-up process like, and how has that changed since you've moved to this new way and improved way of doing things? So what we've done is we've automated. So, okay. we, so once we have done that, um, that together, picking of various different um, options, the interactions about what's produced and what's uh, and what we have to do, yep. then that is the the model produces a number, which is a monthly fee, and also uh, it gives a list of all the things that they have asked for. 
And that is automatically produced and emailed to the client. And there's now an electronic signature. So all they have to do is review. And if if they're happy that it corresponds with what what we discussed, which obviously it does because it's produced then, they just can electronically sign and we start the work. Great. And in the past, I should have imagined that it was checking they've got the proposal. Have you had a chance to read it yet? No, we haven't. Can you leave it with us? Following up in a few days' time, then a week's time, and you just get into that cycle, don't you, of following up, which I'm sure you know, we can all connect with and, uh, and see that we've been in that trap before. Yeah, and, and people love that because you know, people now want immediacy. Mm. Now, if you are on a, you know, if you're on a on a web page and you don't like it, how long do you spend? How long do you yeah. stay? Yeah. yeah, seconds. And if, yeah, yeah, and if you send a WhatsApp message, when do you want a response? Yeah, now. Now it's gone. <laughs> it's turned double, two double ticks, and it's blue. Why yep. have you not replied to me? Correct. Just finishing off on this, how it's been since then, because for many people, and I I struggled with this some time as well, that we have this perception that trying to sell to people online, trying to uh, get our message across and then get enough information both ways so that a buying decision could be made that's right for you and right for them as well, how has that been for you? Are there, are there any things that you've taken away or realizations that you have that have suddenly become, again, you know, those light bulb moments that you can share with the listeners today? Yeah, I mean, for me in this time, in this place, it's about meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think there are, you know, it's not an easy time we're in. And people have pressures all over. And also people are at different levels of, you know, experience, education, um, ability to absorb technical material. And so for me, you know, one of the key lessons, especially online, is how do you engender um, uh, meeting people where they're at and also trust. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and that's the big, it's the big T word. Yeah. And for me, in my experience, it's about listening. Okay. And when you have, you know, I, I have a, I have some GCSEs, I have some A-levels, I have a, a Bachelor of Arts, I have a Master of Arts, I have a, a professional qualification. But the one qualification I don't have Mm. is a master in listening. Mm. It's interesting as well. You know, we were talking before the recording started about my day and, you know, I've been on the phone for many hours to world pay, trying to sort out my payment processing. Mm. And I got to a point where I was going to say to them, do you know, you can take your payment processing and I'll take my business somewhere else. And the reason for that in listening to what you've just said there, listening was the fact that the first two people I spoke to for over an hour just kept saying the same thing. 
they weren't listening to what I was saying. And I, I remembered as, as you were talking there that I said that to them several times. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I, I also said to them, and, and that's a real important skill, isn't it? And I'm not sure whether face-to-face or Zoom, which one is better or not. And I don't think that really matters. I don't think the platform, but it's just the act of listening, isn't it? That's, that's important. And our listeners should take that to heart, I think. Yeah, yeah. And being a master listener, and I have, I've been with some master listeners. Mm. And, you know, they have a silence. And they have a power which is palpable. Mm. Yeah. So thinking about something that the listeners can take action on, something that they can take away, um, it can be something to do with with your business. And we'll talk about how people can connect with you um, after this. What would you want to share with the listeners today? What lesson or tip can you give them? Um, yeah, in terms of in terms of a lesson or tip to take away, one thing I've always struggled with is being good enough. Okay. And uh, maybe one of the things that drove me throughout my life is that little person in my head who keeps on saying, "I think you could be better," or "You're not good enough." Okay. And, and that means there's a, a whirling, whirling of thoughts. Mm, absolutely. And my tip is, when you are listening to someone deeply, allow those thoughts just to settle a little. Become a little more still in yourself. And then you can really listen. You can really see the clarity of what's in there and what's being said. And that is a wonderful thing. Okay. And when that person takes that moment to be more aware and, and to listen, is there, because I'm sure the listeners, some of these people will have that, uh, that inner voice that says, I'm not worthy. Okay, and that can be quite, um, quite destructive and hold people people back very often. But it can also be something, perhaps as as you and I, um, that actually motivates people. I want to be better. You know, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I remember doing that at school many many years ago when a teacher said, you know, to my parents at parents' day, and I was underneath the table. You know, Simon will never be good enough. I was in the bottom class of that year. And by the time that year finished, I was in the top class that year because I was determined that his phrase of I'm not worthy, me feeling that this guy's talking about me, drove me forward. How would you suggest that people cope with those mixed reactions to that awareness and that listening and that, you know, that voice that says you're not good enough or you're not worthy? Yeah. And, and I would say, well, well, of everybody I've met, nobody, everybody's been unique. Mm, I agree. And it's, and it's to see the uniqueness in yourself. Yep. Which at any given time 
is a thing of absolute wonder and beauty. Mm. And to recognize that in yourself. Yep. And if you start of a, in that place, and then what you'd love to achieve in the future, so bringing that in the present. Yeah. What you'd love to give, what you'd love to do. Yeah. That can that can mean you've it's it's you know it's very different. Yeah. And I think for the listeners, you've heard something quite important there because we we all um, you know I quite agree that we're all unique. In fact, I recorded on Monday's moments just just earlier on today about that. I and mean, one of the things that makes us unique is our journey. You know, we've all mm. You know, I could have exactly the same qualifications uh, as you do, Ozum, and I, I could have the GCSEs, the A-levels, the professional qual- but it's the journey that we have been on that makes us unique. It's the, the difference in how we deal with those things, isn't it, through our experiences. Mm. But for listeners, I think you've said something very important there, that when we're in that point of feeling those inner voices starting to affect the way that we're going to make a decision, it's taking ourselves to a place where we can start to make better choices and better decisions. And it's finding that starting place, isn't it? It's finding that, that initial point that you've just shared with the listeners there. Mm. And sometimes we, we want to go to the destination mm. too quick, but uh, you know, I'm, it made me think of a, a car sat nav, you know, the car can't actually give you the route to where you want to go until mm. it knows where you are. No matter how many times you put the destination in, the first thing the car has to do is determine where you are. It has to have the starting point, doesn't it? Hmm. And I think you've given the, the listeners a, a really good place to start there by thinking, you know, what is it that's unique about them? Where are they starting from? I think it's a, good, it's a really good, important thing to, to master that and to conquer that. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Um, a really interesting uh, personal thing that people can take away. I've got, I've got to ask you um, an accounting question. You know, if somebody could think about uh, figures, you know, what is the most common thing that you perhaps say to your clients? You know, you mentioned you've got over 250 clients. Um, what is the most common thing that you tell people that you meet clients, uh, prospects that they need to know about their figures? Well, I think what they need to know about their figures is clarity mm-hmm. yeah, and what it actually means. And the one phrase that I use these days much more is something called financial resilience. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. So what, do, what does your figures tell you about financial resilience? Because the world's taken a knock. Mm. Yeah. And actually, whenever you take a knock, and you'll see that, you know, you look at GDP figures, you look at, um, you know, pound dollar rates, you take a look at, you look at um, trade agreements, you look at a number of different things living here in the yep. UK or anywhere in the world. And what gives you the ability to survive? And mm. that is financial resilience. So if you do not know what your financial resilience is, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And one of the things that an outside viewer, an outside opinion, an outside view can take and give is very quickly have an analysis of what that financial resilience is. How many months 
can you survive? Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, what levels of liquidity do you have? Yeah. yeah. And I can go into some technical stuff, but I don't, I'm not sure that's what the listeners no, want. No. But, no. Uh, but it's, you know, to have that, if you are a really, if you're on the top of your game in, in terms of being a business leader or a leader of your own destiny, yeah, yeah, you, you'd, um, you'd be very versed in your yeah. financial resilience. Yeah. And I think you, you're right that it's not about the detail of, you know, whether it's gearing ratios, whether it's three months is right or six months, it's whatever is right to the listener that's listening to this podcast, you know, to actually understand what's right for you mm-hmm. and what makes you financially resilient. I, you know, I love that. That's a, that's a phrase that might uh, form the title of this podcast because I think that's, that is important. It's, it's that resilience, isn't it? And it's, it's been the difference I've seen from those people who have survived or even thrived in this recent period and yeah. those that have just gone day to day from anxiety to s- distress and worry uh, and ultimately perhaps you know catastrophe for some businesses uh, and i know a lot of it's out of our control but if you had an amount of resilience or you knew what that was i think that's really important for listeners to take away from today so before i ask the, the final question um which will go back to the the drinking again uh, not alcohol by the way or it might, it might be um how do people connect with you? How do people reach out to you? How can people find out more about you, what your business does? What's the best way of people um, reaching out? There are so many ways, Simon. Okay. Give us, give us your top three then. Um, but top three is, um, you know, have a look at LinkedIn. Okay. So if you, if you have a look at, you know, Azam Mamuji M cubed, uh, you'll find us yep. on LinkedIn. You'll also find in terms of a website, um, and there's, you know, an, uh, an, an email, you know, the top three. Great. Yeah. So um, just, give, just give us the web address then, because um, it's M for mother, cubed, yes. isn't it? C-U-B-E-D. So what's, what's the M, website address? M, M, yeah, it's www.m-cubed.org. Okay. Fabulous. And if they want to connect with you on LinkedIn, um, if you can just spell your name so people c- that can listen yeah. to this can type it's, it in. Uh, yeah. Azam, A-Z-A-M, and then Mamuchi, M-A-M-U-J-E-E. Yeah. Um, and you'll find me there. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, final question then, and we'll, we'll wrap this one up. And listeners, I think you've taken some great things away about clarity uh getting the things that you want i think we've learned some valuable lessons from a coconut which is great but also how to deal with those feelings of um you know not being good enough uh, and perhaps how we deal with where we are now what makes us unique and where we go and i think financial resilience is a big part to play in that because if we do want to get from where we are to where uh we want to go then we, we need to understand that financial resilience and uh, can certainly suggest that listeners, you reach out and, and ask them here, what does he mean by that? You know, get more information. You know, we've not gone into the detail of what that means, but I'm sure he would be happy to have a conversation, exchange of messaging uh, and perhaps give you a bit more information on that. 
And that leads us to the to the final question. And in these days of national lockdown that we're here in the UK, and people might be watching this in years to come and be thinking, what do they keep talking about all these lockdowns? But you know, under the restrictions we are now, the question is slightly different. If you could have that favorite drink, and you could have that drink any location, any dream location, what would that be? What can you share with listeners of where that would be? Oh, yeah. I love traveling. It's, you know, it's a passion of mine. Um, but I would love to be in the mountains. Um, it's a sunny day. It's a very simple hut in a valley with wondrous mountains all around. And the valley is lush with grass and trees, and there is a simple hut. But it's about who's in that hut, Simon, that I want that drink. Okay. And the hut will have three people. It will have, number one, the most beautiful maiden that you have ever seen. Number one. And that's about desire. Number two. There will be a Sufi master, a master of his own thoughts, his own, he can meditate, he can control his mind. Yeah. And he can teach you everything there is to know about the deepest and the most interesting things. Fabulous. And and the third person will be somebody practical because I'm pretty practical as well. Okay. And, somebody who, and somebody who fascinates me. Okay. The third person will be Barack Obama. Ah, okay. The, the, the ex-president of the United States. And that's yep. because he has a way with words. Yeah. And he has a presence, which I think is quite truly inspirational. Fantastic. And I've got to ask the mountains, because I'm more of a mountain person than I'm a, a, a beach mountain. Is this... Um, is this in a particular country, is it a particular range, or is it just that general feel of mountain because of the the, the awe and the wonder of, of that kind of surrounding? It is that. Um, but if I had a bigger mountain, and I've, mm-hmm. I love mountaineering, and I've been up in, in the Alps or in, in Torres del Paine in Chile or in, in the US or in... Um, but this would be in Nepal. Ah, okay. This would be in a, in a valley of Annapurna. Right. And yeah. uh, I was quite lucky I did go up Annapurna. Fabulous. And um, did get frostbite, but that is another story. <laughs> story for another podcast. Great. Well, it's been an absolute privilege to have you uh, talking with us today. And you're giving us some real insights and some, some uh, yeah, for me, it is about the the pace. When you and I first spoke, I loved the pace of the conversation and I, I like a, quite a quick pace and you do bring uh, a, an air of pace and thought and contemplation and that listening that we've talked about. And listeners, I hope that you, in listening to this, um, appreciate that because you know, you've heard some very, very important things here that can help you with your business's success. And of course, your personal side too. And that's what this podcast is about. It's part of my mission to help you, the listeners, whether you're businesses, whether you're coaches, consultants from around the world, 
be more aware, better educated. And of course, we've talked not necessarily about coffee today, but we've certainly, I think, uh, talked about the way that we take our drinks and the way that drinks stir up emotion and reflection for us as well. Uh, thank you for being my guest and thank you listeners for being with us today as well. Thanks, Arzam. Thanks. Bye for now.